Previously on Modular, Bradley and Hisan fell deeper into the pit of vipers that is Inyarv's Tower. I love the bottom of the ice cream cone that's filled with chocolate, you know, and like mm-hmm. a drumstick. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then I recently saw they sell them in bags like candy. No way. Just ice cream cones, just little, it's essentially just a tiny ice cream cone filled with chocolate. The only thing that I don't know if it would be good is because it's not cold. But if you bought them, you put them in your freezer, that shit would probably slap. Well, see, you say that, but I feel like that's the little treat of the full drumstick. You know what I mean? Like, like I like them too, but I'm not just going to eat them by themselves. I want to eat the whole ice cream first. And then that's my little treat at the bottom for getting through the mm. entire ice cream. Mm. I get that. I get that. What's your take, Holly? Mm, I'm not really a drumsticks kind of girl. Oh, what's your go-to? Get like the ice- fuck off this it, podcast. The ice cream truck rolls up. What are you going to grab? Oh fuck! Oh, I don't know. I haven't. I don't think I've ever been to an actual ice cream truck. Um, yeah. See, but here's the thing, uh, Thorn. Do you remember ice cream trucks growing up? Like, yeah. In South Carolina. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, I just think of uh, like. But you lived in like a little like neighborhood for most. Did the yeah, ice cream truck come to that neighborhood? Uh, like a couple times. <laughs> Hmm. Think of those memes with like the the melted SpongeBob ice cream. It's like distorted a little bit. Yeah, I was oh, gonna say if I'm going to an ice up. cream truck, I'm getting one of those novelty uh, ice creams, like a Sonic or a SpongeBob or a Ninja Turtle. <laughs> they don't like look that. like the packaging yeah, at okay. all. You're like, what did I sign yeah. up for? <laughs> I usually go for an orange dreamsicle because mm. those motherfuckers slap. See, I like Klondike bars. I think think my favorite, if we're not talking, I have two favorite, uh, like popsicles. So I like the strawberry shortcake bars and the fudge and, uh, fudge pops. This, are you talking about the, the ones that look like the strawberry shortcake ones? Or when you say fudge pop, you're talking about just a straight up fudge sickle. Yeah. Just a fudge sickle. Those strawberry shortcake dudes Mm. are so good. So good. so good, damn! You know what my favorite greeting is to the ice cream man when I when he pulls up in his truck? I like to look at him and I like to say, "Hello," and welcome. My name is Thorin George. My name is Luke Job. My name is Holly Lyons. And this is Modular podcast where we put you in an ice cream truck and take you through the modules written by Wizards of the Coast for the 5th edition of D&D. That's rice. That's rice. <clears throat> That's rice. <laughs> okay. That's right, ice cream man. These are the pre-written stories made by the folks who made up D&D. 
We didn't write them, but we're here to run them for you. And why would we do that? Well, Sonic Popsicle, maybe you're a DM who's thinking about running a particular campaign and you want to get a feel for how it plays out. Maybe you're a player who's already been in this particular campaign and you want to reminisce on the good old days. Maybe you drive an ice cream truck and it is a good, at the beginning, it was a good job. It was nine to five. Kids all the time would come out and they would buy ice cream from you. But as the years passed on, slowly less and less children would come to the ice cream truck. And now you're just driving around neighborhoods feeling empty all day long. And you have to have something to listen to. So might as well listen to us. Damn. But you should be warned, each of our episodes will take on a part of these pre-written adventures. That means that there are major spoilers for the key plot points of each story we're running. And right now, we are running Sleeping Dragon's Wake. So if you don't want spoilers, you should leave now. And there's another warning we should offer them. That's right, melty-faced Spongebob popsicle. <laughs> Modular is not a podcast for children. It contains explicit language, as well as adult themes like sex, alcohol, drug use, violence, and the loneliness of working in the capitalist system. So please be aware of these not-so-kid-friendly themes. Now, without further ado, and sadly no more ice cream, welcome to Modular. And our session 13 of Sleeping Dragon's Wake. It's a modular pod, it's a modular pod. Okay, I have a question to sync us up. Let's go. If the three of us were the heads of a chimera, a goat, a lion, and a dragon, who would be whom? Thorin, it looks like you're really contemplating, so we're going to go to Holly first. Holly, who is whom in your I mind? Would wanna, I would want to say that I would be the lion because of my last name. But really, realistically here, I don't think I'd be the lion. I, I feel like I'm giving goat energy. More specifically, like one of those <laughs> screaming goats that's like, ah, all the time. That's me. All right. Well, oh, so then, but then who, am I the dragon or is Thorin the dragon? You're assigning all three of us. Mm, I think that you would be the lion. And Thorin personally. would be the dragon. Yeah, because I'm thinking just like traits, trait wise. Like okay. You're very like I'm thinking like Gryffindor, you know, like how those are like like loyal and um, like Gryffindor, like Gryffindor, <laughs> like Gryffindor. Like Gryffindor man. Man. <laughs> All right, Thorin, what about you? Who do you think is whom? I well, personally, I just I think I would be the lion, um, just because I I don't think, and this is this is the thing I don't think. Any head is less important than the other. Like, I just want to. I just want to preface with that. Okay, no head is less important than the other. The goat head, the dragon head, and the lion head are all three necessary for the chimera to exist. I think Holly would be the goat. I think I would be the lion, and I think Luke would be the dragon. Okay. Okay. Interesting. I. This is actually a much deeper question than I originally thought. And now I'm really, like, really grappling with this. So in my life, uh, I mean, obviously, like, spirit animal quote is problematic and, like, very appropriative. But I do really like goats. 
And I do, when I'm hiking a lot, I do feel like I move like a goat. I just kind of like step right up, <laughs> like boop, boop, boop. So I like goats. But I do think out of the three of us, I also agree with both of you. Holly is the goat. I do think that I am the lion and Thorin is the dragon. So I agree with Holly on all of it. Thorin, you are definitely the most mythical of the three of us, I can't really, I don't know how to really describe what that even means. But see, I think, I think that I am much more uh, rash and uh, going with my instinct, whereas you tend to think things through. Mm. And that's why I associate you with the dragon, because I feel the dragon is more cunning, whereas the lion, you know, the lion is the center head. It's right there in your face. It's going to gnash you before it even has a chance to think and that's why i think i'm the dragon and i think you're i mean i think i'm the lion yeah and i think you're the dragon because you kind of sit all back right, and you're like, all right all right all right okay yeah so this is the situation and then holly you're the goat and um i don't really know what to associate the goat with but you give off goat energy like you said nice yeah. okay good good shit well speaking you're of- the sturdy one Goats, goats are sturdy. Goats, dependable. Goats, goats dependable. climb on little, dependable, sturdy, um, and you got a hard head. And I got those funky little eyes. Those yeah. funky little oh, weird, <laughs> crazy, scary eyes. I mean, yeah. goats associated with Satan, and I think, when I think of you, Holly, I do think of the devil, so it just makes right, sense. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Thorin. Holly, is- do you live deliciously? Stop. My mom and I say that all the fucking time. I love that we fucking, fucking movie. We fucking say that, it all the time. We're love like, that movie. Like, would that... Yes, I was literally about to bring it up, and I was like, oh, fucking Black Phillip. I I have only seen clips of the movie. I haven't seen the whole thing. Oh, you should watch it. it. I should. God, I watched it in a Wataga class for the first time. That was Robert Eggers' oh, yeah. first movie, I think. I'm pretty sure. Really? Mm. Wow. But he is making a Nosferatu uh remake yes. which i'm very excited about Hell also yeah. the northman was my favorite film of last year so i fucking love the northman i also want so to good. see the green knight was that one good the green knight is not directed by him as long as you know that but i haven't no, seen I know it. that i haven't seen it either actually it's a movie i haven't seen which are really rare. i haven't seen it look at us should we wow. should we Movie not movie night. We should, should we, we should movie modular night. movie night watch party. Yeah, for sure. We can invite party. our other modular peeps that are not on this episode. Mm. Okay, speaking of modular, the show that we're running for our listeners right now, they want to hear what's going to happen in this fight. And Bradley, it is the top of the order. It is your turn. You're facing down all these fuckers. What are you gonna do? Okay, do you remember specifically which uh, bean? I ate. You ate the blue one. Last time. And it cast the shield the spell on you. Damn, that sucks because I was also going to eat the blue one again. Yeah, it's because um, the blue, it's because blue flavored candy is so good. And that's what you were it's thinking so about. It's so good. Okay. Um, with that being said, I, as a bonus action, I'm going to eat the red bean. The red bean. Okay. You eat the red bean and you are going to have a breath effect you can uh once wait one second i have to look it up um potion of it's the same effect as a potion of fire breathing 
Potion of Fire Breath. After drinking this potion, you can use a bonus action. So not on this turn because you just used your bonus action. To exhale fire at a target within 30 feet of you. The target must exceed a DC 13 dex save or take 4d6 fire damage on a failed save. The effect ends after you exhale the fire three times. Interesting. So <laughs> you got hit with that fire. You eat this red bean and now you feel fire in your own gut. You feel hot. Ready to go okay and then as my action i'm gonna pull a scroll out of my back pocket wherever the fuck i keep this thing and i'm gonna read it and i am going to cast fly upon myself nice um, and as my m movement i'm gonna fly uh 60 feet towards where regia was going all right, you are flying up there. You see all of the archers are following you with their eyes, as are uh, as is the chimera. Fly, I is fly concentration. I have no idea. So just be careful. That's all I'm telling you. Yes, it is concentration. It's concentration. So you are currently so concentrating on fly, despite the fact that it's a scroll. You're still concentrating on it. I'm still concentrating even though it's a scroll. Yes. Okay. Um, am I am I at the steps? You can, yeah, you can just land on the steps if you want. Yeah, I would love to just land on the steps. So that there's no um, risk of falling And then fall I would damage. like to use, and then I would like to use the rest of my foot movement uh, to head towards Regia's room once more. You move into the doorway. You see that she is putting on armor and grabbing arms right now. Okay. Cool, cool. That's your turn? Um, That's my turn, yeah. That's everything. You have some arrows whizzing at you. There are a lot Am of shots. Am I not within cover? You, no. No, you're not. You're still like, they're just shooting at you like at an angle. So they're at the northwest corner. You're at the northeast corner. You're just standing like right at the doorway with the amount of movement you have. Because you only have 30 feet of movement, right? Like walking movement? Yeah. Yeah. No, actually, you could get inside the building. You can get five feet in, yeah. and they will be shooting at you with disadvantage. You will have full cover. Okay. Yeah, I would love that. All right. So they, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say one of them is still shooting at you. Uh, with disadvantage, a 10 is going to miss. That would hit. with this, And one is still going to hit you. You take four points of damage as you feel just your calf, an arrow sinks in. Okay. Down on the ground, Hisan, you have four arrows and four swings of swords coming at you. Remember oh. that if you want to use a reaction on... Uh, one of these archers rolls a nat one, shoots the, the lady that was uh, you've already hit in the back of the head, and she falls down dead. Oh, nice. Hell yeah. Okay. The other shoots at you twice, and if you would like to use reaction, you can, but you don't have to, but you are going to get hit twice. Mm. That reaction would be deflect missiles. So yeah. let's go ahead. Let's use it. All right. Go ahead and roll me 1d10. Well, really, so plus 13, it didn't roll higher than that. Do you want to throw the, the arrow back, or are you good just deflecting it, and that's it? 
Let's start back. All right, go ahead and roll me that uh, d20 plus 8. A d20 plus 8? Yeah. A d20 plus 8, so that would be... Hold on, quick maths. Quick maths, quick oh my... maths. Oh my god, hold on. I had a... My brain doesn't want to work, don't judge me, but I'm pulling out a calculator. Jesus Christ, 22. <laughs> Jesus. That hits. Go ahead and roll 1d6 plus 4. So that would be 7. All right, yeah. So as you deflect the first missile, you toss it back just as quickly. You are also hit with a second arrow. These two arrows fly past each other in air. You take 9 points of damage. The archer that shot takes 7. She's hit just... uh, in her shoulder she's bleeding pretty badly but there are two other untouched archers up there and then there's still the scout in front of you who is also swinging short sword at you twice hits you once and deals you five points of slashing damage so that's from that round that is 14 total what's your hp at 14 your hp is at 14 yeah, I'm pretty sure this, that I did that right just now. Damn. I was at tw- I was at 28, and then you said my- take away nine. Yep, you take yep, and then five. So you're yeah, at 14 so. HP. You were looking pretty yep. hurt down there. Mm-hmm. Okay. That is their turns. It is now your turn. Okay. Ah. <sighs> All right, you I'm gotta going to pull out to... all the stops. Because yeah. you gonna die. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Should sh- instead of trying, I to, can't let Hisan die. Instead of trying to fuck, we should have taken a nap. <laughs> <laughs> should have taken that long rest. Taken a fucking nap. But they would have stolen our shit. I, they were selling your shit. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, you're just saying that because you have nothing to lose. Stealing <laughs> <laughs> like, your fucking shit. Um, okay. Sorry, I'm reading. So, stunning strike. Yeah. If you I, have to. You, I, you, you hit, if you hit then you can stun. I will say, don't use Stunning Strike on one of these lackeys that's attacking you. You can just kill them. Use it but for Stunning Strike okay. for the Chimera or mm-hmm. for Regia could be very, very good. But don't, yeah, you don't need to use it on these Okay, these okay. I was like, ah! Alright. Um, okay, we're just gonna, we're just gonna unarmed strike um, whoever's closest. And you got one right in front of you still untouched. You have three attacks on her. Okay. One. 23. Hits. Got a nine. Misses. And an 11. Misses. But one hits. And if you you could stun if you wanted to just keep her off of you. Because you're not going to be able to kill her with one hit. Yeah. Can we do that? Yeah, so her so roll the damage and as far as her constitution saving throw goes, she rolls a nine, she fails, she will be stunned. Okay. 
And that damage was 10. Oh, uh, yeah. You claw the fucking shit out of her and unleash that key energy right into her gut. You see her keel over, and she is just in a daze. Stunning strike. Let's see. Let me read this. When you hit a uh, stunned until the end of your next turn. Yeah, so she is absolutely not a problem for you right now. And she is also pretty bloody. Great. Do you want to move away from her? She can't take an attack of opportunity. And I will say, there is a room, the room you were just in, off like 10 feet behind you that you could go inside of and these archers would not be able to hit you. Yeah, let's go ahead and kind of bow out a little bit. Let's let's move just because the archers are going to be what get me, I think. You rush in there. You're assessing your wounds. You're bleeding a lot. You've just got your back to the wall. They cannot see you, and that other lady is stunned. Okay. Now that you're up there with her, Bradley, you see that she is not wearing her armor still. So her AC is much lower, but she does have her short swords in hand. She rushes you. She's got three short sword attacks coming at you. And for those listening, I'm going to give Bradley some pretty good loot uh, when he kills her. If he kills her, she one of her short swords out of the two is a vicious short sword. Um, so. I'm going to say, don't hit me. I don't want to fight. Um, and cutting words her so she's going to take 10 from one of her hits 17 is knocked down to a 7 another one misses only one of these 3 hits you dealing you 6 points of damage as she just slices you right on your cheek she is now at the door with you and then you hear the flapping of wings and Ash Breath is coming down at you. 14 is a miss. A 22 is a hit. A 17 Fuck. is a hit. God damn it. You feel those claws once again just scrape your armor and miss, but then the bite of that lion head sinks into your shoulder, dealing you 13 points of damage. It kind of peels some meat away. You feel like the the chimera is backing up for a second, and then you get rammed in your spine and take another six points of damage. Oh, thank God. What are you at? I'm at four out of 77. Holy fuck. Okay. With that four HP, Mr. Bradley Copper, and he's on down on the ground with 14, it is your turn. I am going to hold my hand out like Darth Vader in like a choking position. Yeah. And I'm going to say, call off the attack, please. And she needs to make me a wisdom saving throw. All right. That is a 14. Ah, that fails. (laughs) All right. That is your action. Do you have a bonus action? Uh, bonus action, I'm going to drink a potion of greater healing. You're like chugging and you're like, call off the attack. (laughs) (laughs) How much does that heal me for? Uh, greater healing is 4d4 plus 4. Okay. 
That's going to be 14 plus 4, 18. So now I'm up to 22. Nice. All right, you're back up to 22 HP. You... Oh, whoops. Whoopsies. Whoopsies. Hold on. I accidentally did myself for... I accidentally did damage to myself instead of healing. Because I'm just so used to applying damage. All right, well, I'm glad that you're you're up with 22. You know... Um, that because the Chimera is positioned where he's at, these archers have no shot on you at all, even with disadvantage. Oh, thank fucking God. You hear the... I mean, generally, it just sounds like they're relocating. He saw on a quick peek outside. You see that the one that you stunned is, in fact, still stunned. It is your turn. Okay. Give me the lay of the land real quick. So I'm hiding from archers. Is there You're, anybody well, else? So you, you peek back out. You don't see those archers on the wall anymore. Okay. Across the courtyard... Like, not diagonally, just like horizontally across. Upstairs, you see Chimera hovering, and you, that's all you can see at the doorway. You know that Bradley's over there. Right in front of you, like 10 feet in front of you, this scout is still, like, wavering from your stunning strike, but she won't be stunned for much longer. You could take her out right now. Yeah, let's go ahead and, and, and get her get her taken care of. All right. With that, uh, you do have advantage on attacking her because she's stunned. Okay. All right. We're going to do unarmed strike. Just just roll one for now because you'll probably kill her on the first one. Yeah, 24. 24 hits. Go ahead and roll damage. 10. Ten. Yep. You rush over there, bite into her throat, rip it out. What do you want to do now? You still have, I think, 35 feet of movement. Uh, I'm going to move a little bit closer to Bradley. Okay. Let's see. And you could spend a key point to Step of the Wind if you want to read that real quick. So from Bra- so to Bradley, 10, 15. It's still okay. it's still going to take you 65 feet to get up where Bradley is. Um, and even then, you won't be next to him because the Chimera is up there. But you could help him with the Chimera up there. But it's going to take 65 feet. Okay, let me use a key point on um, Step of the Wind. Does Step of the Wind double your movement? Step of the Wind. Uh, you can disengage or dash as a bonus action. So it... It okay. will give you an extra, so you'll have 75 feet of movement, or 80 feet of movement now instead of 35. No, 70. Se- 45 plus 35? Why 45? Except he's on speed 45, and he just moved 10, so he oh. has 35 okay. left. Yeah. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. okay, okay, I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so let's let's Damn, use that and move. A lot of movement. Yeah, so you sprint okay. across this battlefield. You... Uh, channel that inner key, you feel it churn in your chest, and you are booking it. The mud behind you doesn't have a chance to hit the ground from where you step up, like slam your feet into it, 
until you're already at the top of the stairs and then the mud has hit the ground. You are next to this chimera. You still have two more attacks. You can try and stun the chimera if you would like. Yeah, let's try. Let's let's, let's see if we can do it. Go ahead and roll me two uh, unarmed strikes on the chimera. I I can't... mm. Come on, big money. Big money. Uh, it's a 14 and a 15. That hits. Those both hit. Oh. This is a monster. It's not wearing armor. All right. I got an 8 and an 8. And 16 points of damage. You clock this thing in its draconic jaw. Are you going to use a key point to stunning strike? Yes. All right. It rolls a 15 on its save, which I I believe is what it needs. DC 15. It meets it mm. exactly. Oh. So it is not stunned, but it is damaged as you do that. Mm. That's okay. your turn? I think that's everything you got, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. It is Reg's turn. She is dominated by you, Bradley. She looks and she says, Ash breath, stop. The attack is over. We're done. We've beat them into submission. And, uh, you know, she, she looks like she doesn't even understand the words coming out of her mouth. But Ash breath just kind of... <laughs> snarls and backs off uh the scouts run out onto the courtyard she comes out and she says stop stop that's enough we're done here and one of them yells out and says they killed our women those are good chimera crew soldiers and she says it's done we are done she looks at you bradley just kind of waiting Um, I want you to get as far away from this area as you can. She... With your crew. Are you saying this so that they can hear you, or just she can hear you? Just she can hear me. She nods, she looks, and she says, Women, pack it up. There's only four of us now. We can't hold any of tower. We're heading south. We'll try and recruit new women. We'll head to Eltegard. And they all look fucking pissed and confused. They're glaring at you, but they're doing what they're told. Okay. Ashbreath is just uncomfortably staring at you. These four pack up their belongings... She sheathes her swords, she nods at you, and the four of them make their way into the night. Combat is over, the two of you survived. What otherwise would have been quite the deadly encounter. And you're you're left alone in this oh, tower. Yeah, no, I guess my um my cause I have a telepathic link, so that was in my mind to her mind. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you you two are left alone in Inyarv's tower. 
I will say it only lasts one minute. Is that okay? It only lasts one minute? Yeah. But you told her to like pack up her things and go? Yeah. It's the same thing as you did with Faralai. You told her to stay in the room and and forget about you. She's just thinking like, we're going to pack up her things and go. That's the last thought she had. She's not even thinking about you. She's just thinking about the fact that she can't. She could hold this tower with 11 women, not with four. And so she's she's bailing. Okay. Shouldn't she have six? What about the two women that were talking? She does have those two, but they're just chatterboxes. Okay. She's just leaving them behind. Okay. Oh. <laughs> um, their spell should be ended. It should be ended when I cast it. All uh, six of them leave. Fly. All six of them leave. Uh, and DM is okay. listening. If you think I'm going super easy on Thorn right now with this, just keep in mind this is a podcast and I don't want it to be over tonight. Uh, and they were absolutely getting their asses handed to them in this fight. She still had over 50 HP. You still had three scouts to contend with. Chimera still had over 90 no. HP. His his uh, breath weapon had recharged. Yeah, it was not looking good for y'all. Yeah, we would have been fucked. So. Okay. The grounds of this tower are yours to search. They did take a lot of valuables with them. But... It seems to you, Bradley, that they did leave behind an antidote for poison. They also left behind about... She she grabbed a lot of gold. She grabbed over 1,500 gold. But she managed to leave behind accidentally 30 gold. I don't even care about 30 gold. <laughs> uh, she also left behind a potion of demunition. What is that? You can add it to your inventory and check it out. A potion of demunition. But you see that she left an otherwise trapped lockbox open, and that potion was left in there. Okay. But there was a pretty deadly poisonous trap on this lockbox that she had. Is there anything of note else within the whole tower? There are still the undead that are just left in there. Is there a way that I can just push a bunch of heavy objects in front of the door where the undead are held? So you're kind of walking around investigating and you do see, you go up to the area above where these undead are. You look down, you're, you're on a roof. There are some sleeping ravens that don't seem to bother you. They just kind of caw mindlessly. You see that you could probably go back down, blockade them in here. The zombies you see down there, and now keep in mind, if this had been combat, it would have been four zombies and two ogre zombies. So there are two zombies of ogres down there. Yeah, 
fuck. But what you're looking at is two ogre zombies and like 40 more zombies down there. But they generally, if, if they had entered combat, most of them would have dispersed off into. But it looks like Merkel's followers are amassing quite the horde of undead. And you know where they would be sent should they be left to be sent somewhere. They would be sent to Leilan. You see that you can barricade the door, probably, with some rubble from the castle, the tower. Mm-hmm. Or if you wanted, so you're on the roof, but there's like, I guess the kind of defenses of the tower that are crumbling. You could probably knock enough of these rocks onto the roof. You could collapse the roof and try and kill some of these zombies if you wanted to. But you would have to be dexterous about it. Because you certainly don't want to fall in there yourself. I will also say, getting yourself out of that, that fight so cleverly, you can have inspiration. Oh, hell yeah. Hison, what do you think we should do? Should we try and kill these zombies or just blockade them in here? I think should, I think we should kill them so they don't hurt anybody later on. I don't want to deal with the undead later on. I don't want to have to deal with that. I want to protect my tribe or, you know, anybody else. I'm just thinking about it like that. All right. Um, how dexterous would you say you are? Uh, well, on a scale of uh, <laughs> uh, one, one to twenty. To 20. <laughs> one to twenty. Let me let me walk right here. I'm at eighteen. All right. I think you should be the one to go and knock down the rubble. Okay. But before that, let me. I'm going to lay my hands upon Hisan and cast a fourth level cure wounds. All right. That's going to be, uh, Hisan's going to gain 22 HP. Beautiful. Nice. It's me 36. All right. So Hisan, you're the one that's going to push all this. Yep. Okay. Go ahead and first make me an athletics check and then make me an acrobatics check. Okay, athletics is a 15. Acrobatics is a 24. Because I got a nat 20. Nicely done. Beautiful. Oh, sick. Nat 20? Nat 20 on your acrobatics? Yeah. So, Bradley, you watch as Hassan just claws into some of this loose rock, like shovels it under himself, and then does a front flip over it. And you see that this ceiling does indeed crash down onto these zombies killing most of them the ogre zombies are still struggling for life do you want to just send a few crossbow bolts down there and finish them off do you have um, a crossbow can i just send a fireball yeah sure yeah you blast yeah, a fireball gonna... down there all of yeah. it's just the smell of burning hair flesh all of this disgusting stuff and Eniarv's tower is taking uh, to the to the flame. You know that this tower has stood for over 800 years. It looks like fairly soon it will not stand much longer. The two of you do find the remnants of merchants' stolen goods off to the side, so- like a side room, 
that you could probably return to Le Lawn, but you don't have enough. You, you can't carry all of it, but you could carry some of it. I would love to carry some mm-hmm. of it. Okay. You to head off back into the mirror of dead men. The sun is rising now over this swampland. You, you can hear the bugs chirping. You can hear the toads croaking and you see plumes of smoke filling the night sky, just passing over what's left of the moon. And now the sunlight is beaming through it. Bradley, you don't really know what the fuck happened tonight. This was one of the weirdest missions you've ever been on. But you do know that you have severely crippled Merkel in his attempts to take Leilon. Similarly, you have likely protected Hisan's tribe for a while. Although, Hisan, you know that while this has been stopped, this area is still likely not as safe as you once believed it to be. The two of you walk back into town, or towards town, rather. Uh, Hisan's not going to come all the way to town. But you walk a good 20 miles in the morning. You're both exhausted, yawning the whole way, but it's not safe to camp here. And eventually you do come to the spot, Bradley, where Hison was originally off scouting. And now it's just the two of you standing on this trail, and you know that it's time to part ways again. I'm going to... Can I? Can I start? Is that okay? Okay. Yeah. Okay, I wanna. I want to with my with my scaly hand. I want to just put it on Bradley's shoulder, and I want to say, "Bradley Copper, my friend." And just that 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 that's gonna be it right now. And then I'm gonna let Bradley do his thing. Hey, son. It's been good working with you, my friend. I know tonight was. Probably one of the strangest nights you've experienced, and it was definitely one of the strangest nights I've experienced. Um, but I think we did good. We crippled Merkel. Um, we got the Chimera crew out of here with minimal deaths. Um, and <sighs> we protected my town and your tribe. And that's really all we can do right now. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I got to see you again, friend. I'm glad I got to fight with you again. Yes, we make we make a, a heck of a team, Bradley. But I just, we absolutely do. You have to move on. Tell your tribe. I mean, you you and your tribe are allowed. Come visit Leilan anytime you want, please. I I will vouch for you. If anyone wants to say anything, they're gonna meet the wrath of Bradley Copper. <laughs> I think, and that- you saw it full hand today. So, Bradley, as you say that, you see there are some lizard folk tears beginning to well up in Hisan's eyes. Bradley, this this land is not the same as it as it once was for my tribe, and um, I I think that anywhere we go, I think I think we're gonna try to go southward um, just to avoid all of this. 
Um, I'm not sure if we're going to take you up on that offer, but um, it was so good to see you again and to fight with you and to be with my friend, Bradley Copper. Of course. It was good to see you too. Maybe I'll travel southward and run into you again. I'm, I'm not sure we will, but I hope that we can one day fight along, alongside each other. But. As do I. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give Hisan a, a hug. I don't know if lizard folk... I'm, I assume lizard folk hug. They hug. They're people. They hug. Mm-hmm. Hisan, when you told Bradley that you were leaving... You saw a sting kind of deep in his heart that hit much bigger than just you leaving. And you understand that you still have to leave. That there are so many children in your tribe. There are so many elderly in your tribe. Merkel has not been stopped. The dead are still going to rise from the mirror of dead men somewhere. But the road is clear for you, and this is your best chance to get out of here safely. But you know that as you're leaving... You can sense this is not the first time that a friend has left Bradley. And it does it does hurt both of you to be saying goodbye like this. Uh, well, I best be back. I've got a, a big reward waiting for me. <laughs> and you've got some good folks to tend to. Yes, yes. I have to... I have to go and, and make sure my tribe is ready to ready to move, and I can regale them with stories of how we we battled the battled a, a set of formidable women. Um, also, Bradley, what's a cloaca? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck do you mean? What's a cloaca? You have one. <laughs> I don't. I, lizard folk don't use such terms. Um, it's the opening where your genitals and your anus share. Um, you know the place where you pee and poo from? It's that. Mm, what a funny word. Mm. Well, I guess this is goodbye. <laughs> goodbye, Hisan. It's good to see you. And as as I'm as I'm walking away, can I holler back at Bradley and say, maybe at some point when we meet again, we'll both have mates. No. Yeah. Because that was how it started, you know. Yeah. Sweet, sweet little callback. I'm just gonna say to myself, I'm gonna say, I'm not so certain of that, Hisan. Bradley, you make it back into town. Walk silently to Leilan, I guess. There are bags under your eyes. You are exhausted. As you come into town, you see that Marigold is leading. The sunrise, well, now the sunrise worship is far from over. Leading the midday worship of of Lathander (laughs) waves to you. You head towards the Umber, Umber, Umber Hulk Shell Inn, and you catch uh, Griselda, the Growler, one of the town council members. And she says, oh, Bradley, you're back. Did you take care of that Chimera crew? 
I did. They shouldn't be an issue here anymore. Good, good. Well then, take this. She hands you a hefty coin pouch of a thousand gold. She pats you on the on the side. She says, "Good work out there, kid. Uh, you know, hopefully, you'll be taking on that next mission soon." She kind of just tips her hat to you and keeps walking. You head into the inn. You get a quick, just like piece of toast, just something to sit in your stomach while you're uh, sleeping, because you're about to you're about to be sleeping like you work third shift. And as you're uh, <laughs> walking up the stairs, you just hear two old old farts talking one of them says uh i'm thinking about heading west into the mirror dead men just a little treasure hunting for me old self now that i'm retired not much to do and the uh other man says well you know about that uh old cloud gilliam matter she's a great green dragon with a lair somewhere in crypt garden forest folks around here call her old gnawbone because she loves devouring people like us be careful if you're going in that place. <laughs> you do not want to run into her. Modular is Holly Lines as Hisan, Thorin George as Bradley Copper, and Luke Job as our DM. The story heard today, as well as 99% of the characters, were created by Wizards of the Coast and can be found on the module Sleeping Dragons Wake. Holly Lines is our fantastic editor. Raven Walker does our brand new cover art. Our music today was written and performed by Max Hedman. You can find Max's music anywhere you listen to music. You can follow us on Twitter at ModThePod. Join our private Facebook group at the Modular Podcast Fan Club. Follow us on Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the Modular Podcast and subscribe to us on YouTube at the Modular Podcast. You can email us with any questions about our show at modularpodcast at gmail.com. Here's a quick shout out to at TKNT underscore three, at Onimusha, at WWDiceCast, at AnywhereButNow underscore, and at Ramen Packet Game. If you want to shout out like those folks, uh, those folks follow us on Twitter. I don't know if I mentioned that. Um, but if you want to shout out like them, you should follow us on Twitter too. Also known as X, who gives a, who gives an XYZ? You know what I mean? Uh, these are fantastic people that show us love by following us. We follow them. You should go follow them. If you want some more D&D in your life, if you want some more uh, Doctor Who in your life, if you want some more uh, ramen in your life, you got to go follow these these pages, y'all. Go follow them. Follow us. Follow everyone. Let's hug. Let's talk about our feelings and uh, generally promote a positive uh, emotional uh, growth. You know what I'm saying? You get it. You get it. Remember that new episodes come out every Tuesday. And until then, thanks for listening to Modular. Modular.